everyone, this is Tony Dow with the OCPHA podcast. And as you guys already know, this podcast, we are interviewing different pharmacists in the Orange County area or just in California about their journeys into their fields. And today we actually have a special guest, the current CPHA president-elect, Clifford Young. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Clifford. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to, to speak to your audience. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're really glad that we're having you on the podcast and you guys can, you know, you can speak not only yourself, but also for CPHA. So, um, you know, just for the listeners to kind of get a little bit more uh, background about yourself, can you tell us a little bit about your, I guess, your journey into like pharmacy? Okay. Uh, born and raised in Oakland, California, 12 years of Catholic education, undergrad degree from UC Davis, and I went to pharmacy school at the University of Washington, uh, class of 1987. So about nine, 10 years as a pharmacist at Kaiser Permanente in Oakland, and about nine more per diem thereafter, had stints as a director of pharmacy in an inpatient psych hospital in Richmond, as a manager of a mail-order specialty pharmacy in San Francisco, and had been a consultant pharmacist for roughly 10 years, you know, nursing homes, assisted living, DDMR facilities, about 1999, and have been currently the Advanced Pharmacy Practice Experience Coordinator for the University of the Pacific School of Pharmacy for the kids who come to Fresno, and that's going on 11 years now. And uh, I still do a little bit of part-time consulting on the side. Wow, that's a lot of experience. Um, so I guess going back to your time over at Kaiser, like when you were there in Kaiser, Oakland, what were the kind of duties that you were doing? It was outpatient primarily, uh, outpatient dispensing, and that was in an era where they had things like typewriters. There were no computers. Oh, wow. So I know that dates me, but it does go back that far. So you did that first, and then you went into uh, being a director in pharmacy for the psych hospital. And how was that kind of like different? Was there, you know, was there stuff that occurred in your outpatient experience that kind of contributed to being a good director when you were at the psych hospital? No, boy, I walked into that completely cold. And uh, that, that was a, a very, very steep learning curve. Oh, wow. So so I guess what did you kind of do? Were, were there any like strategies that you did to get into that role while you were in it, like just learning more about the operations and things like that? I was very fortunate because I had support staff that basically taught me my job. And I had staff pharmacists who were able to teach me my job. And uh, I'm very thankful to have the staff that I did to make it as successful as it may or may not have been during my stint at that particular facility. Oh, okay. Sir, how long were you there again? I was actually just there for 13 months. Mm -hmm. The facility closed because we were very dependent on one county to send us patients. Oh. And when they cut off the flow of patients, our census dropped almost 90% overnight. And uh, unfortunately, the facility did not survive thereafter. Wow. So so I guess like you said that you went into being a manager at the mail order specialty pharmacy. And um, that's right. Yeah, that's also a really interesting niche as well. Uh, can you kind of like describe maybe how you applied for that process of being the, the manager there? Uh, that I, I found that job in something called a newspaper <laughs> classified ad. And they were looking for a manager to run their mail order specialty pharmacy. It was a company that was based in Minnesota, and they needed a physical presence in the state of California because of Medi-Cal and other contractual reasons. So we were in South San Francisco, 
literally in a warehouse. We kind of wore shorts and t-shirts to work because we were fulfilling a product to mail order. Uh, then we moved into San Francisco because the company purchased a HIV uh, emphasis pharmacy and they needed the retail space. So they were in the front, they were at the storefront, and we were in the back slinging boxes. Uh, it was primarily solid organ transplant patients that we were dealing with and a lot of growth hormone. Wow. So, yeah, that's actually really interesting that um, you mentioned that you actually had found an ad for it because nowadays it's a little bit rougher, I guess, in, in the job market to even see that. It's more like a lot of people are applying for jobs and there's so many applicants, you know. So that's really um, interesting. And uh, I guess like after that, you did some consulting, right? So in your consultant role, I, how did you – one of the things I'm always curious about like for me, I know that I can go into consulting, but I don't feel like I have that knowledge base yet to even go into consulting. So for you, how did you feel? What, what was it that made you feel like you are ready to be a consultant? The manager that I first had when I became a consultant uh, told me, it'll take you about five years to become a good consultant. That's assuming you had good mentorship, which I did. You have to go through enough facility state surveys to kind of see what they're looking for. Everyone who graduates from a school of pharmacy will have the innate ability to understand the five rights. And that is the basic foundation for all consulting work. You can be as sophisticated or as streamlined thereafter as you want. But if you start at that point, every, every one of us can do it. It's not rocket science. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good to know. Um, I think there's like a lot of like that hesitation with a lot of, I think because of a lot of pharmacists are risk averse. I think there is that sense of like trepidation when it comes to consultant practice. So in, in addition to consultant practice, you are also the CPHA president elect and you are also an API coordinator, as you mentioned earlier. Um, can you also describe maybe yes. some of your day to day, uh, work efforts in those uh, avenues? Um, it could be listed as pandemonium. It kind of depends on what is required at the time. For my students, my job revolves around scheduling, advising on career and life issues sometimes, uh, teaching topics of importance to fill some of the holes that the campus didactic curriculum does not have time to fully address. My job is to get the students practice ready so you can look at some of the information I give them as more practical versus book knowledge, kind of how to maneuver and get themselves practice ready and able to work in a pharmacy as a pharmacist. It's the best job I've ever had, hands down. Uh, I get a chance to know the students on a personal level because I'm not dealing with 200 in the class. I'm dealing with maybe 12 to 15. And I think it's that individual attention that we all need, we would all like. And I think we produce a really good product because of the system that we have and the ability to give me the time to be able to do it. You know, some students need a little bit more. Some students need a little bit less. Depends on the time and stage that they're at. Uh, but it is clearly the best job I have ever had in the profession. Now, on the CPHA side, uh, the president-elect position, as I am now finding, even with years on the board, there is a heavy, heavy learning curve. A lot of the things we, that I'm coming up against are, I didn't know that. How come we didn't know that as a board member? So uh, there's quite a bit of learning. The learning curve is pretty steep on this one, too. And we've had a couple of events that were not the normal routine in the last several months since I've been president-elect. 
but I'm meeting a lot of nice people and it's uh, very, very, uh, very rewarding. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's uh, interesting to hear. But yeah, there's always like a lot of things that goes, goes on behind the scenes. And um, it's, it's great that you're learning it now as your present elect year, because then when you become president, you're kind of like already experienced in that, right? Yes, I feel that the present elect year is the true foundation of what I will bring to the table as president. Because if I wait till September, what day is it? September 13th to start learning this stuff, it's too late. I need to hit the ground running on September 13th when I actually become president. I see. I see. And then um, I guess uh, we didn't really talk about your specific duties in your consultant role. So I, I sorry, I, I skipped over that. But um, can we go back to that and maybe give us a typical day of your consultant roles? They're not as many as they used to be, but uh, we are going into a facility and a lot of people think it is purely chart review, which it can be, but I think it's as clinical as any other job in an institution. If you consider the fact that I have the capacity to recommend drug therapy change, deletion, additions, I can ask for any pertinent monitoring parameter labs that I want. I can I can go down the hallway and actually see the patient and talk to them if I want to. And if that's not the definition of con- clinical pharmacy, I'm not sure what is. So I will, you know, they call it chart review. It can be as streamlined as you want. It is. It can be as sophisticated as you want. And you know, I'm not the I'm not the ideal consultant pharmacist. I can give you names of others who I would rather have taking care of me as a consultant. I try to do the best I can in my small little clinical practice world. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. It was like kind of um, one of those things where you kind of hear consultant pharmacy, you kind of think you know what they do, but then if you're not actually in it, you kind of don't know the details. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. I'm glad that you shared that there is that clinical pharmacy aspect and seeing the patient, talking to the patient. Uh, so going back to CPHA, um, are there any things that are coming up with CPHA that maybe you want to, I guess, share or um, talk about? Well, the biggest one coming up, depending on when this podcast comes out, uh, we anticipate having the new chief executive officer for the California Pharmacist Association announce soon, maybe within the next 10 days, and having them officially come on board, I would hope by the end of February at the absolute latest, um, and get them up to speed and up and running and part of our profession and our association as quickly as possible. That is probably the biggest immediate thing coming down the pipe. Uh, the next thing would be Western Pharmacy Exchange, which is the 16th through the 19th of April, Disneyland Hotel. Now, standing place to meet friends, meet new friends, get education, get connected with people in the profession, and not just to see the people you see every day at work, but get new ideas for how you can expand your practice and your personal life. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's big news. Uh, I've been kind of, you know, waiting for the announcement for the CEO, the new CEO. Uh, you know, our just previous one, John Roth, he's done an amazing job. It's kind of like weird for me because when I started pharmacy school, he was, he was still, he was already there. And it was, it's like just been a huge amount of effort that he's put into the organization. So 
So like with all like John's contributions, it's really sad to see him go, but it's also really exciting that there is going to be a new CEO and I'm looking forward to seeing like how it's going to uh, kind of push the, the organization forward. So, so yeah, so that's a really huge announcement and yeah, Western Pharmacy Exchange, that's coming up soon too. Um, so, and then co- coming back to, I guess, uh, specifically for you, if anyone was to ask for advice about getting into the consultant role or maybe getting into a director of pharmacy role or manager role, any of the roles that you've had in the past or even currently now, I guess what kind of advice would you give them? Well, pharmacists are by stereotype, rightly or wrongly, generally viewed as conservative, sometimes stodgy. And I think in order to advance professionally, there's a couple things that need to happen on a personal level. Uh, The first thing is meet people, lots of people. You have to get out of your little silo at work or your path from home to work and meet people like a WPE. Uh, Yes, we all understand we're our backgrounds and where we come from, but everyone has a little different spin on things. And it may be that one little thing you hear is the springboard to a much bigger idea. I think because of our conservative and stodginess, we have a difficulty embracing change and embracing risk. Go out there and fail. It is okay because you will never ever find out what your true potential is until you get to a failure point. If you keep succeeding and succeeding, well, how much further could you have succeeded? And even if you fail, try, get up and keep moving because maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it's just bad luck. Things do happen. I think as a professional, you need to enhance your visibility, not just to the other healthcare professionals that we work with, but to the other pharmacists who are out there who may not have such a optimistic and chipper view of the profession as you might. Continue to communicate, talk it up, kind of like you and I are talking right now. Um, and if the conversation is not just for you, it is for that person on the side who just happens to be listening. And again, that one thing that resonates, that they hear, that idea resonates to them, and that's where they can take off. I think belonging is important. Uh, there is strength in numbers. You know, one, pe- one person might be able to do a lot, but more people can do lots more, like joining your professional association. And I think finally, well, two other things. <laughs> you have to be willing to mentor and be mentored. I think the way pharmacists come up in our education, traditionally it is the didactic piece, and then you have your experiential piece. And you will find someone who you will follow and you will learn vicariously by example you know, eventually it becomes your turn to be that mentor and by, and show someone by your actions what it's supposed to be like to become a professional pharmacist in today's world. And, you know, from the second you're born to the day you die, you need mentors and you need to mentor others. So something like Western Pharmacy Exchange is a good place, again, to mingle and to see people who are doing other stuff that you aren't or you never thought of. And maybe that's the right fit. And finally, don't complain. If the situation you're in is not ideal, you need to change it. So I think those are kind of the keys, hopefully, and answers the question that uh, you were asking. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, thank you for sharing that. That was a like, really, really good advice. So I guess uh, for people who have more like questions about 
you know, any of this, like for CPHA or maybe some more like career uh, discussions, like what's the best way that they can reach out to you? Certainly by uh, email is easy. First name, middle, initial, last name, Clifford A. Young at yahoo.com. If for some reason you don't remember that, you can always contact CPHA and uh, they will certainly let you know I am easy to find. From my understanding, I think you had something for us for the listeners of the OCPHA podcast in terms of Western Pharmacy Exchange. Yes. Uh, thanks to the generosity of CPHA. Uh, those of you who would like a discount on registration to Western Pharmacy Exchange, Disneyland Hotel, 16 through 19 April, you can type in the code. And yes, it is case sensitive. It would be OCPHA pod. So it's capital O, capital C, capital P, lowercase h, capital A, capital P, lowercase od for the $30 discount, which will last uh, for 30 days from the publishing of this podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. You know, thank you so much for that discount code. And also thank you for, you know, taking some time out, out of your busy day to be on the podcast. And I'm sure our listeners and our organization um, have learned a lot from you. So thank you so much again. Tony, thank you once again. What Your service is uh, wonderful. And I wish that more associations and more pharmacists would take advantage of this ability to communicate to so many people. And I'll finish off by saying life is short. So get after it and get some. <laughs> <laughs> 